for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. And we are back with another coffee call. And uh, man, I, I'm happy with these coffee calls, getting a lot of good feedback about them. And people like the short form, but they also like the long form as well. And they like the, uh, you know, getting right down and uh, to the nitty gritty of each topic. So I, I'm, I'm glad everybody started uh, really liking them. Yeah, me too. Just It's a cool, cool way to shorten things up and just kind of put the, the in your face info out there quickly yeah and you know this week on the coffee call you know earlier this week i put out uh instagram story asking for topics and we had a guy write in and asked about hunting camo patterns and basically you know should you use camo that has a pattern or does it matter or what's the hype is there hype about it and you know i thought it was a cool one to do just because a lot of people might not know the history about camo and honestly I had to do a little research on it too like kind of when camo hit the market and and uh I do know some things about kind of like what deer see what I've learned in the past but like and a lot of people might not know that and I think it'd be cool to cover the whole spectrum of it and and kind of give our opinions on if we like camo or if we think it's a you know a big deal or not yeah that's a good one yeah so I think we should start with when did camo really come onto the scene and what what I could find and, and what I remember, you know, is camo didn't really come onto the scene until like the eighties, Yeah. you know, and kind of when Bill Jordan really started Realtree and, and, uh, that's when camo really, I think is that's when it took off. And before, I mean, you see all these old, you know, pictures and of people at deer camp from back in the fifties, sixties, seventies, you know, and all they're wearing is plaid, plaid and jeans and, and, you know, and boots and stuff like that. And it's like, man, they're, they're killing deer. They're killing pretty respectable deer. And it's like, you know, does the camo really matter? I mean, I'm, I'm interested to hear your opinion on it. What, what do you have? My personal opinion is that it does not matter. Um, of course it gives you a leg up because, you know, it's breaking up your outline. You're kind of blending in with your surroundings, which is obviously, you know, the, the goal when it comes to having to get close to, to an animal. So, you know, it's, I think it's something that obviously when Bill Jordan put that first pattern out, 
You know, it was like it was a niche that wasn't filled yet, and that's why it exploded into what it is now. And I'm not saying it's useless, you know, 100% useless, because it does help, like I said, in those situations, you know, with different terrain and topography, you know, um, even when it comes to the colors, like, you know, just your your browns and your tans, your natural colors, your tones. But, I mean, certain things like when you're hunting turkeys, for example, you know, they see color. All birds see color. So there's a different application for it there and across, you know, across all species for that matter. But as far as deer hunting goes, um, the only thing I would never wear is blue. And as far as anything else goes, camo or not, um, I personally find that I don't, you know, I don't think it matters that much. You know, and I'm right there with you too. And, you know, I've always worn camo and I think it's just because I felt like it gave me uh upper hand, I guess. Yep. And, you know, I grew up wearing camo. My dad always taught me to wear camo and this is what you do. And, and that's kind of the thing that I did. And, you know, and, it, and I'm glad you brought up the, the blue color because, you know, back in the day, you know, I think it, if I remember right, it was like early 90s, you know, they did a study to see what deer actually see. And basically what they come up with is that they found out that deer are red, green, colorblind. So what that is, is that means that deer can tell the difference between blue from red, but not green from red right? or orange from red, basically. So that means like hunters can wear green, red, and orange and blend right in. You know, that's why you see like hunter's orange and it's a bright color, but deer can't see it. You know, it's just a bland, you know, it doesn't look orange to them, but they can see blue. Right. Uh, And like you said, you know, stay away from blue, which I had heard before in the past, but I did a little more research on it. And it's kind of crazy how that is the color that they see. So it's also been shown that like deer can see the UV light and low light situation so like early in the morning late in the afternoon getting prime time deer can see the uv light so in the fabric softeners or the fabric cleaners that you might use you know for your clothes it has uv brighteners in it and what that does is you know keeps your clothes from fading and you know stuff like that so you know you need when you're when you're finding a detergent to clean you know your hunting stuff with try to find something without uv brighteners so then you're not up there staying out glowing in low light situations. Yeah. And I mean, for even for women, the same thing goes for uh, hair color. I don't yep. have much hair, so I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't have any experience with dyeing my own hair, but um, I, I have no clue as far as how much UV brightener is in like a box color versus a professional color like you'd get at a salon. But for women who do color their hair, you know, try to wear a hat. Yeah. And you know, your hair, well, not your hair, but your head still does glow. So you do need to wear a hat because <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're, yep. you're worse than George Costanza up there. Yeah. It's uh, uh they say the human face is visible for up to a mile. So, I mean, I got quite the shine on top of my head. I think it's, you know, <laughs> someone's going to use me for an SOS signal one day. <laughs> I think I'm going to, not frost my tips this year you know like i do every year going into the season i like to get those frosty tips look a little better on camera (laughs) no of course i'm just kidding i don't do that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like women with like blonde hair 
you know, like that sticks out because of the, you know, like you were saying, like not only the blonde color, but it, it kind of glows. Yeah. And it's, it's the same principle on, on fabric as it is in your hair with those brighteners, those UV brighteners. So, um, just, just wear a hat is all you got to do. But yeah, uh, you know, go, I want to go back a little bit about what you said, like about the colors they see and, you know, how they see orange and green and red and, you know, they can't differentiate those things, but they do see, you know, it's not that they're blind to it. It's, it just, it's all the same tone in their eye, I guess you could say. Yes. You know, it's yep. a, it's a shade of gray, so to speak, somewhere between black and white. And, you know, that's not to say it doesn't matter. Like if, if you're wearing a solid orange jacket, you know, and you're sitting, you know, on a riverbank against a bunch of boulders, I mean, that solid orange color doesn't necessarily mean that you're invisible sitting against those rocks. And I think those kind of things are what, you know, brought about the, I guess, invention, if you want to call it, or the development of different camo patterns. I mean, you can find you can find patterns of black and grays and oranges, you know, across a variety of different brands and simply for the sake of, you know, breaking up your outline and trying to just add some some different tones as opposed to being one solid tone. Now, I mean, I can imagine there are some places where it would be beneficial to have those solid tones like maybe if you were I don't know, on a cornfield or, I mean, one thing that I'm really surprised by is that I can't think of any that have yellow in it. Think about how much yellow exists in nature. I mean, as as leaves change in the Or orange. I mean, there's some orange too. I mean, the oak leaves, orange and everything. Yeah. And those colors all do exist naturally. So in my mind, why not replicate those colors despite the fact that we see them as bright, you know, let the, let the deer see them as whatever it is, you know, naturally, if they're going to see a, uh, an oak, an orange oak leaf, the same as they would see an orange leaf on a piece of printed camo or, you know, a yellow aspen leaf on your camo, the same as they would see a yellow aspen leaf on a tree in Colorado. So, I mean, it's all about breaking it up, your silhouette. Yeah. And that, I mean, you look in, look in the woods, go, go Google a picture of like the timber or something or an oak flat timber. Like you don't, you won't see straight lines. I mean, they're jagged, they're kind of, they're, you know, you'll never see like a straight line and that's what you really want to break up is like, you just want to blend in with everything you can. And that's why I think I've, you know, that's why I use the camo. I just feel like it gives you an extra upper hand to it. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Like I said, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that don't even wear camo and they just go out there and, you know, hunt in their khakis like not khakis but like you know some cabalas pants or something like that or that are brown or it's just all about breaking it up and i like to have some lighter tones in it too like you know when deer are obviously looking up at you in a tree you know scentlock came out or was it scentlock or real tree they came out with that vertigo you know a long time ago and yeah and everybody was like what is this stuff you know and I'm not really sure if it worked. I never had it, but I could see where they were going with it with the lighter kind of sky colors as well and right. kind of just blending in with that tree and, and, and what's behind you. But, you know, when I'm setting up a stand, it's nice to have co- cover in front of you, but I really like to have back cover, you know, as much back cover as I can. Um, that might be different from what a lot of people like to do. I like to have both, but, like, I really try to look for my back cover before I do 
front cover because you can always put in front cover. You know, a lot of guys, yeah. they'll buy, you know, like fake Christmas trees and zip time to their stands or around. Like you can always bring in co- uh, cover from the front. Um, I always look for that that back cover and and uh, and go from there. Yeah, it's like you said, it's just about your outline. I mean, there's there's even patterns that are that were developed to help break you up in wide open spaces. You know, so it's yes. Again, it's a matter of you know geography, where you're hunting, what your application is. You know, it's you know, and especially like I said with birds, um, you know. So with deer, they have in their eye, their eye structure. They have you have rods and you have cones, and a deer has more rods than it does cones. So it's almost like a one-dimensional line of sight. Like if it's not one-dimensional, like as opposed to three D. Just if you think about it in the terms of like of color and shade, like I was saying earlier, that that rod is just it's a one-way thing. And if you picture like a cone, I mean, bird and birds have more cone in their eye than they have rods. So every one of those cones is like a, like a magnifying glass almost, but it's, it's a way to, to see those, those colors more deeply. It's like it comes in on the wide end and then it's narrowed down in the back and it's, you know, there's thousands of those things on their eyeball and it's just, that's why you see such vibrant colors in birds, like across every bird species, um, you know, from turkeys to songbirds to, to ducks and, you know, even like falcons, I mean, that's what they rely on to identify a mate or a food source, you know, whether it's a hummingbird looking at flowers or, you know, uh, a, I mean, ducks, for example, you you couldn't ask for more vibrant colors on an animal than you can find on a duck. I don't care what species right. you want to talk about, but, you know, that that's that's how they find a mate and that's what they look for is those traits that they want to pass on and that's how they select, you know, to breed. So... Given that a whitetail has more rods than it has cones, you're only working in that straight line of the spectrum, I guess, if you want to think about it like that. I don't know, I, I'm I'm trying to make sense of this. To, I mean, I know it makes sense, but I'm just trying to explain it to where right. it's coming across, hopefully, as making sense. And I, I think it is, you know, and that's, and without getting too technical with it, you know, that, I mean, if you, that's the way, that, that's the difference between you know, especially a deer and a bird. And that's why yeah. turkeys see so well and hawks see so well. I mean, yep. a hawk to be able to see a mouse in a CRP field from way up or, you know, an eagle seeing a fish underwater. Right. I mean, it's like, it's crazy, you know, and and that's the reason why. So, you know, getting farther into camel patterns, I mean, do you have a favorite camel pattern that you kind of gravitate to and as far as functionality and everything? Oh man, it's this is like the fixed blade, fixed blade it mechanical really is, blade yeah. question. I mean, it's you know for me. I, I mean, I go through so much of it. I feel like I mean, if you ask my wife, I buy new camo every year. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, if you look in my closet, there is more real tree than anything else. Um, you know, and it's for a couple reasons because it's available from so many different apparel brands. You know, across across anything from from Walmart up to Under Armour. So I mean, yep, you can find it just about anywhere. You know, it is a versatile pattern. Whether you, you know, they have a spring pattern that has a lot of greens in it. They've got the the fall patterns that are just more of the natural tones. Um, 
you know, and it's just, I don't know, what, what blows my mind is how innovative it becomes every year. It's like, if you don't come out with something new or a new pattern or a, a new way to do it every year, like, it's like you're going to lose the race, you know, and it's like you can't keep up with it. Nobody buys new mm-hmm. camo every year. Like, you, you yep. buy it until it's ripped or torn or burned or lost or whatever, you know, and then you go buy more. Like, But. Exactly. I don't know. I, I guess to answer your question, it's across the board. I mean, I tend to just gravitate to real tree stuff because there's so much, so much of it available just about anywhere in everything from snow to hardwood to, uh, you know, Western patterns, uh, the max four, the waterfowl stuff. I mean, they've got all the bases covered. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the max four, but you know, Realtree also made a max one camo, which still to this day is my favorite camo pattern. You know, it, it works good in, you know, Western, if you want to hunt in the Western and it also works good in the Midwest and in a lot of scenarios, whether it's in a tree or, you know, on the ground with, uh, you know, in some weeds or CRP or something, or just behind some brush, it, it really breaks you up really well. And that's one that I've gravitated towards quite a bit, but like the last three years, I've worn a camel pattern from Cabela's called O2 Octane. And it's, you know, the max one is kind of, you know, it's an older pattern, so they don't really make it a lot anymore and you can't really find it a lot anymore. So Cabela's is, is pretty close. That O2 Octane is really close to the to the Max 1, and I really gravitated towards that because of that. And, um, you know, it really breaks you up well in a tree. You know, when yeah. you have somebody up in a tree and you're on the ground, you look up. And I know we see differently than deer, but, you know, I feel like if, if we can pass a human test, eye test, you know, I feel like it's, you know, you're you're in the right direction anyway. And yeah. uh, that's the camera pattern that I've used lately. And a lot of guys, they gravitate towards stuff that just looks good, you know, and I try to try to tell people, and I've even done it too, you know, like the ASAT camo, you know, the ASAT camo from, uh, it's like a Western camo. It's like this brown stuff and it's got like, I don't know, it's ugly. It is like, you look at it, it's like, why would you ever wear ASAT camo? But I guess out in, out West, what it was built for is like, you can get in front of a rock and it like breaks you up and it's like crazy. And I'm like, well, I would never buy it, you know, for, for the looks, but you know, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, there's a lot of camo patterns out there and a lot of them work in different ways. And I guess it's just finding that one that you like and, and, uh, what breaks you up the best. And like I said, I'm not going to make this sound like it's gospel. This is what we, what we, you know, this is our opinions and what we think. And, you know, just trying to bring you some content of, you know, what we think about camo and maybe educating a little bit about what deer see and, and, uh, you know, what their eyes are made up of. And, you know, cause a lot of times I hate wearing hunter's orange because you feel like you're a pumpkin out there, but unrealistically, like deer don't see the orange, you know, right. they just see a blob, you know, yeah. walking through the field or something. So, yeah, I guess let's wrap this bad boy up and, uh, call her a day what do you say yeah i got some work to get to get back to here so i'm gonna dive into that but that was that was a good question i really like that one because it's something out there that people may not realize you know actually didn't exist 40 years ago it's it's relatively new i guess if you want to call 30 years new but um yeah it's one of those things where it's like you know 
we didn't have that back in my day, and I killed more deer than you do now. And right, it really has nothing to do with it. It's just it gives you a little edge, breaks up your outline. You can't go wrong with any of it, and just find what works for you. That's all it is, man. And uh, you know, before we do go, I do want to thank everybody for submitting their questions. And you know, we've got a rolodex of them to go through and trying to get to them every week and figure out which one is you know, kind of relevant. Also, we like to do relevant stuff. And I know this really isn't relevant to what's going on right now, but I just thought it was one of those things it'd be cool to think about. And, you know, a lot of people are probably looking at buying camo right now, you know, for next year, if, or maybe they're in the market, you know, you're always in the market for camo, but um, I just thought it was a good one to get out and, you know, appreciate everybody doing that. And uh, I guess with that being said, I guess we're going to sign off and uh, hopefully everybody has a great weekend. If any of you guys are in the market for new cables and strings, look no further than America's Best Bowstrings. And if you want more information on them, go to americasbestbowstrings.com and tell them the guys from the Fall Podcast sent you.